chapter twenty eight of france to scandinavia by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b diamond cutting in amsterdam amsterdam is one of the richest cities of europe it has some of the chief banking firms of the world and its stock investments are almost as varied as those of new york or london the foundation of the wealth of this city was laid when the dutch gained control of the spice trade with the east indies and today the bulk of the stocks of the great corporations developing the riches of netherlands india are held here the dutch are also making fortunes out of diamonds they buy them in the rough and cut and polish them for jewelers in every country on earth they have been doing this for generations and have made amsterdam the chief diamond market of the world this is a matter of much interest to us for the united states buys more diamonds than any other nation before the world war our purchases of diamonds ranged from twenty to thirty million dollars a year but following the peace they went up enormously in a single year we bought sixty five million dollars worth of diamonds from amsterdam alone exclusive of those imported from the dealers in antwerp though the big diamond firms here look on america as their probable best customer for some years to come our purchases fluctuate with good and bad times and in periods of depression shrink to a fraction of those of fat years the war which sent the prices of everything else to the heavens flooded the market with precious stones it impoverished the stable old families of paris berlin and vienna and their heirlooms found the way to the pawn shops it threw kings queens and princes out of a job and they pledged their crown jewels to keep soul and body together more than all else the bolsheviks stole the great store of diamonds from the palaces and churches of russia and surreptitiously scattered them far and wide over the earth but the flood from these various fountains finally ran its course and just now the demand again exceeds the supply moreover there is serious talk of a combination of the cut diamond dealers into a trust like the great rough diamond syndicate which for decades has controlled the output of the mines of south africa and other diamond fields of the world this information comes to me from the diamond magnates of amsterdam and antwerp the two great centers where the finest and most costly stones are cut for the principal markets it was at amsterdam that the great cullinan diamond the largest ever discovered was cut up and polished and i have had the good fortune to meet the man who did the work on the magnificent stone also when in south africa i had a talk with the irish laborer wells who found the cullinan diamond in the pretoria mine i met too mr cullinan the owner of the mine the gem was found shortly before the time of my visit the miners were just ending their work for the day and the last rays of the sun were shining on the side of one of the excavations when wells saw a ball of fire as big as his fist in the midst of the stones he rushed across the great hole where he was standing climbed up and grabbed the huge crystal in his two hands he then ran with it to the office of the company and gave it to mr cullinan it was weighed and pulled the beam at three thousand twenty-five carats mr cullinan told me that they sent the diamond to europe through the mails it was registered and arrived safely the next thing in order was the cutting of the huge stone this was done here at amsterdam by the firm of i j asher company who have perhaps the largest and best known diamond factory in the world 
it was first split into two large and several smaller stones the largest was polished first and from then the work went steadily on the several pieces being sawed and ground and polished into the shapes they now have in the collection of the crown jewels of old england the splitting was performed by joseph asher himself whom i met to-day and it was with his brother that i went through their establishment and saw scores of experts at work transforming rough stones into gems for the market before starting i was shown a model of the cullinan diamond as it came from south africa the stone was about the size of a large dinner goblet it was of the color of frosted glass and had a rather greasy appearance but mr asher said that one could see the fire shining out through the rough surface he says the model is a fair representation of the diamond when found it seems strange to think of sawing and splitting diamonds like so much stove wood but that is what they really do here in the asher factory at least they saw and split the rough stones which all agree are the hardest things known to man i watched the whole process today from the making of the saws and axes to the cutting of the diamonds the saw is circular in shape it is a disc as thick as a playing card and about four inches in diameter the metal is phosphor bronze and looks just like copper this thin saw is fastened between two round metal plates beyond which the disc extends perhaps one-fourth of an inch there is a hole in the center of the saw and when put on the wheel it flies around at the rate of over three thousand revolutions a minute or more than fifty times between watch ticks but only a diamond will cut a diamond it is the prince of gems and can be cut only by a member of its own royal family one must have a diamond saw to cut a diamond and the bronze disc must have a diamond edge before it can cut this is put on by dipping it into diamond dust mixed with oil the diamond to be sawed is embedded in wax on the end of a stick as thick as a broom handle and pushed against the revolving cutting edge until the saw gradually works its way through this may take hours or even several days depending on the size of the stone i watched the saws working they went so fast that i could see no motion whatever and was tempted to touch one to see if it were actually moving mr asher warned me however that if i acted on this impulse i would lose my finger it surprised me to learn that diamonds are like wood in that the grain runs but one way and that the sawing is done across the grain and the splitting is done with the grain any boy who has had to split kindling for the family fire knows what splitting with the grain means diamonds as they come from the mine are more or less irregular in shape they often have flaws and must be divided into two or more parts to make the beautiful regularly shaped gems sold by the trade it is necessary first to study the diamonds to see how each can be cut to the greatest advantage the stone must be divided at the flaws so that they may be cut out after flaws are split off the diamond is shaped and polished it may be again sawed or cleft the artist who studies the stone draws the dividing lines upon it with black ink the splitting is done through the flaws and with the diamond axe or at least the axe makes the notch by which with a soft metal chisel the diamond is split the axe used for cutting the notch has a blade on a wood handle the blade is a diamond stuck in cement on the end of a stick which is not unlike the handle of a shoemaker's awl the stone is so inserted as to leave a sharp surface exposed as the cement hardens 
the diamond axe is firmly held the rough diamond to be split is next fixed into a similar tool and the cutter scratches the latter again and again at the flaw making a noise as though sharpening a gritty slate pencil within a moment or so a notch is cut the man then sets the stick with the rough diamond on it into a hole in a lead plate on the table before him he picks up a blade of steel about an inch wide and about three inches long and fits its blunt edge into the notch he gives the blade a slight tap with a steel bar about a foot long and the wedge splits the diamond in two after a diamond has been split it must be cut or rubbed into facets so that it may have the greatest brilliancy when the light strikes it here again one diamond is made to cut another the polishing being done on a flat round plate covered with oil and diamond powder this plate is a sort of grindstone it flies around more than thirty-three times in a second and the diamonds are fixed in frames so that they rest just at the right angle upon it the stones are so inclined that they are ground by the diamond dust into the shapes best adapted to each individual gem some are cut into rose diamonds some into square or irregular cubes and some into the emerald cut a normal stone even one of infinitesimal size has fifty-eight sides or facets about half the weight of each stone is lost in the cutting and polishing during my stay i handled some great diamonds as thick as the thumb of a giant and others down to the size of the point of a pin mr asher told me that their value ranged from three hundred and fifty dollars to seven thousand dollars a carat he laid before me a small teaspoonful of diamonds each no bigger than the smallest crystal of sugar looking at them through a strong microscope i saw that they had been accurately and symmetrically cut i was shown cube diamonds no larger than the head of the smallest pin you have in your cushion but nevertheless each had fifty-eight sides some of these cubes are so small that it takes two hundred of them to weigh one carat after the stones are cut and polished they must be marketed this brings buyers from all parts of the world to amsterdam to look over the stock of gems and consult experts in making their purchases some of the experts tell me that diamonds are as different as apples potatoes or even human beings there are no two alike each stone has its own value its own characteristics its own color and its own points of excellence the experts are like the tea tasters who can tell at a sip just where the tea comes from and what it is worth they know diamonds as the tea men know tea they are called in by buyers and sellers and one of them presides at every transaction he is supposed to protect both parties and to answer any questions either may ask he gets one per cent commission from each party or two per cent of all the money that passes the diamond cutters of amsterdam are much more trusted than the men who work in the mines of south africa of course great care is taken in admitting strangers to the factory but the cutter himself gives only a receipt for such diamonds as he is to handle during the day and this must be checked up when he leaves the factories are not surrounded by guards day and night as are the floors or great fields in south africa where the diamond studded clay lies out under the sun the cutters are not compelled to live in the works as in the kimberley diggings nor are they stripped to the skin and searched from toes to crown when they leave in fact thefts of diamonds by the men and women who cut and polish these valuable stones amount to less on the average 
than the losses through the clerks of our banks. End of chapter 28